Welcome to Working Dog Radio, broadcasting the bite. All right, we are back, Working Dog Radio, broadcasting the bite. I am Ted Summers. I'm not from Tulsa right now. We're in uh, Orlando right now at HITS. Uh, Eric and I instructed this morning, and we had a full fucking room, man. There was, I don't even know how many people were in there. It was a lot. Um, <clears throat> so it's uh, we're going to be rounding up a bunch of people, a bunch of the instructors, a bunch of the vendors here to do some uh, to do some interviews. Uh, so with this today, or well, I mean, Eric, what have you got so going so far? Um, just enjoying hits. You know, there's a lot going on. Sat through Justin Rigney's uh, Napopo class, which I've I've sat in his stuff numerous times, but it's always good. And he, he added some new stuff, and we had our class this morning, which was good, and some good instructors. A um, lot of people, a lot of people, and it's warm. It's hot as shit here in Florida. I'm not a huge Orlando fan. I don't really like it here. Um, I don't know. If I come to Florida, I like to be closer to water, you know, over to some some water. But but anyways. HITS Canine Training Conference. This is America's premier canine training seminar packed to the brim with the world's best instructors and me and Eric. All covering important topics. There's no better place to learn and no better place to network with other handlers, breeders, and trainers. HITS 2022 is being held in Orlando, Florida this year, August 16th through the 19th. And I know how you guys are. Everybody waits the last minute. And in the post-Rona world, everybody's training budgets are being cut and everybody's deciding whether they're going to be able to get to go or not. So don't wait because they're not going to have an infinite number of spots and the price goes up after a certain date. So get signed up as soon as possible. It's in Orlando. We'll see you there. Be sure to hit them up. Hits K9, letter K number nine dot net. One of the best relationships we have in this podcast and in this industry is with the great people down at Kinetic Dog Food. The story of Kinetic uh, Performance Dog Food is pretty simple. They wanted to make a better premium dog food for the dogs that need it the most. Their goal is to give every working and sporting dog a higher energy level better performance, and better overall health through superior nutrition. So they formulated a line of food based on what they consider to be the optimal profile of a performing of performance dog. They've done tons of research on this. This isn't their first rodeo. These guys know what they're doing. If you're a kennel, they will come to your kennel. They will see the problems that you have. They will check out what works for the dogs that you have. Um, they're amazing people to work with. They drop ship a pallet right to you if you want. Um, I know a lot of guys that use them. There's a bunch of different formulas on there. And uh, 32K might not be for your dogs. Maybe the 26K works. They can adjust it. They'll give you the right ideas what to do in different parts of the year. Winter's different than summer. It's uh, it's really a well-run, good dog food um company kineticdogfood.com be sure to check them out on social media too man they're they're amazing folks kineticdogfood.com by now you've probably all heard my story at least once i'm usually getting tagged by dogs or hurting myself so this next product is like near and dear to me because i actually use it uh quick turn by vet care it does great for keeping small things from turning into big ones. I use it at the kennel for uh, clients, dogs that have some issues with skin stuff or have food allergies or have environmental allergies. Works great. Keeps hot spots from making giant hot spots. And it keeps my working dogs who inevitably find magnificent ways to hurt themselves from turning it into a giant vet visit. Stops little issues from becoming big ones. So it comes in a spray, it comes in an ointment, it comes in a dressing. It's great for creating a protective barrier and promoting wound healing. You really only have to use it like once a day. So there's no reason not to have it in the vehicle. Since it's temperature stable, you don't got to worry about it getting hot, getting cold or anything like that. So put it in your first aid kit or put it in your cabinet. Vetcare.us on the internet. 
quick derm by vet care on the inner on instagram and on facebook and then hit them up with the discount code one zero wdr for 10 percent off your first order so my entire time that i was a handler or a trainer in law enforcement the cars at my department in the departments that i trained all had american aluminum accessory kennels in the cars different cars man dodge chargers all afford models some chevys uh suvs cars everything we loved American Aluminum Accessories. Um, it's a great product, a great company. They've been serving uh, canine law enforcement community for over 20 years. If you check out their uh, website, EZ, that's the letter Z, EZRiderOnline.com. They got testimonials. They got videos on how to. They got a list of everything they have. Uh, just today, we made a post on the Working Dog Radio social media showing a dog that survived a really bad crash because of the American Aluminum kennel in the back of the car check them out online guys easyrideronline.com just let them do their thing man whatever car you got for your work your patrol car get a hold of them american aluminum accessories and get the best in the business next up comes uh training courses online from our friends down at highland canine training jason and aaron Ferguson. so in the post rona world uh training budgets have been getting cut people aren't gonna be able to travel whether it be instructors or they be canine handlers and supervisors going somewhere else for training. So Highland has announced a lot of online training courses. One of those that sticks out to me is their police supervisor canine course. And it's no secret that one of the problems with canine tends to be some of the supervision issues. This course is specifically designed for administrators and covers utilization as well as liability and FLSA issues. The course can be taken at your convenience and you'll receive a certificate of completion at the end. When you go to Tactical Police Canine Training, that's letter K number nine, training.com, and use the discount code WDR30, you'll get 30% off of that course. So today for this episode, we have, like you said, Lee Vartanian from uh, Modern Icon. How are you, buddy? Hello. Doing great. Good. Glad to have you on. We've known uh, Lee for a, a while. He's uh, started out making some shit in his basement, yeah. I think, or his backyard or whatever, yeah. a little little stitch machine and and... I don't know, man, try and fail and try and fail yeah. and try and succeed and then try and fail and, and all the other stuff. But right now I think you are, you're dialed in at yeah, modern icon. Um, Jordan, the kid that works for me, I think I told you this the other day, he's, he'll be listening to this. He, um, I had a modern icon. I think it was a 30 foot. I think you sent it to me a long time ago. Yeah. Still holding up great shape. Really? He's like, who makes this? I go, it's right here. Dude, he's just ordered now <laughs> more and more stuff. And yeah. And uh, it's funny because he bought these uh, puppy collars, I guess they would be, but I had three Springer Spaniels. We just put them on. He goes, let me put these on for a little while because the leather collars I had on them from Europe, like the ring was real small. Oh, yeah. It was hard to clip them. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I sold one to uh, an agency in California and just put the dog on a plane and sent them. I went, Fuck! I sent them out. It's gone. <laughs> so I got to get him on a replacement. But then the next Springer I sold, I changed it out. Yeah, the one's leaving Monday, changing it out. So, anyways, talk about uh, your your past and your yeah. history and how how Modern Icon became to be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I have always been a very odd person. So I'll go ahead and get that out the way. Uh, <laughs> I made my grandparent, grandmother, and both my dad and mom's side uh, teach me how to sew. They're master seamstresses and could sew everything from like furniture upholstery to wedding dresses. 
So I was the strange kid at 13 who was more interested in stitching things mm-hmm. and like thrift store shopping and making alterations to my clothes uh, while my other friends were, you know, playing video games and stuff. So yeah, I've been strange for a while. Uh, so I got into, so I've been sewing since then, I got into backpacking and started modifying my own gear because gear, I just didn't like the way that it worked. Um, and so I've kind of always been making tweaks to things and have had an eye for design ever since uh, I can remember. So being able to look at a sewn thing and just from the construction and the way that they've oriented things, be able to tell what the designer's intent was and kind of pick it apart in uh constructive and deconstructive ways, mm-hmm. um, which led to me making modifications to a lot of the stuff and became a police officer. So did that for five years. And when I was a cop is when I started making things for people, for other people. I actually started out with a rifle sling, made a, uh, took an Alice pack strap and did some 550 cord and made, it was miserable to make. It took 45 minutes just to weave. So I we literally took them off the website because I hate making them. Uh, so sorry if anybody wants a paracord <laughs> rifle sling, don't go to Etsy. Um, so, but you know, start making that. Uh, all the uh, instructors we started using patrol rifles at that point, and we're everybody's having to go through their the patrol rifle course. And all the instructors saw the sling I had, and were like, holy shit, that's the best thing I've ever seen. I said shit before the thirty seconds up. Sorry. No, you're good. No, we're, we're good. Doing well. We're a couple minutes in. Oh, yeah. We're, oh, yeah, we're, yeah, we're um, good. So they just saw that. I was like, they loved it, wanted it, it wanted a replacement for the shitty slings they had. And so I was like, well, shit, okay, I guess I can make it. Went to REI, uh, bought webbing from REI off the rack, and went home and stitched them up stuff. And so the instructors had it. So, of course, all the everybody in the department wanted one, and then the local gun range wanted one. And so now I'm sewing stuff uh, in my bonus room at the rental house that we had at the time. Um, went from that to uh, walking into roll call. Uh, on a night shift and seeing the canine handler uh, going through his gear in the back. And the webbing looked like Harbor Freight, uh, dry rotted, fucking the worst thing you could ever see. And I'm thinking, I've already seen the dog uh, being deployed and know what that can do. It can nuke somebody. And I don't want to be nuked. Uh, yeah, so, when it breaks. Yeah, yeah when those <laughs> things break. And I'm like, I was not comfortable being around a dog if that was the only thing holding it uh, back from tearing everybody apart. So I just went up to him. I was like, hey, if I can make you a better leash, would you use it? And uh, went home and used the webbing that I got from REI and went and grabbed a brass marine grade snap and uh, stitched it up. And just because uh, the part that I didn't mention is I've been a professional climbing guide for 27 years now um, and actually work with a company called Element Rescue as their climbing specialist. And so we do DOD contracts with uh, Tier 1 units mostly outside of uh, Bragg in that general area. So um, a lot of the stuff that we do uses a PACE methodology, and and that's something that we refer to as a primary alternate contingency emergency. This is way too much probably, so mm. I apologize, guys. I'm geeking out. No, um, <laughs> so, But like, if you use a tourniquet as an example, primary would be a tourniquet. Um, alternate would be a cravat with a windlass. Uh, contingency would be just the cravat with no windlass, and then emergency would be you putting your knee in the femoral and returning fire. So that's the method that we use to, to train people in because they have to have it. Things can't just do one thing. And so I took that same approach because I was training people on the vertical environment using that um, acronym. And so I thought, okay, well, I should incorporate the same thing and some of my climbing background into the lead. And so on the snap end, which I would imagine would be the point of failure, um, the most likely point of failure would be the snap breaking. I just incorporated a soft clipping point so you could put a carabiner in it and keep using your um, line. And then added some clipping points, some tactile response points so you know how much line is out. And then took the, I did the opposite everybody was doing at the time. Um, and not to toot my own horn, but uh, like nobody knew what a bar tack was. 
um, before then. Everybody's box X stitching back then, uh, which is cool if it's like a door to the Explorer backpack, but like not if it's going to be something that a you yeah. know, meat, meat rocket's going to be attached to. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah, so I just incorporated clip and point at the end and then clip and points throughout so you can use it as an anchor for bailouts, which is kind of off label use, uh, but it's capable. And just put that in there and let the handler use it. And he fucking loved it and took it to the next training troop. Uh, they, everybody saw it, wanted it. Same thing happened then. So I just, all of a sudden, I'm buying out REI's. Uh, I, I ended up buying all of REI's black webbing that they had. Mm-hmm. So they don't, you can't buy black webbing anymore. And I'm not sorry for it. Yeah. Thanks, Lee. Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, Ted, when you were doing the uh, uh, snow rescue horrible stuff back in the day, were, were you a... Uh, fun stuff. Did you take shit apart and refix or just go with what you got? Yeah. So I I was working with um, some large like outdoor manufacturers like Arcteryx and Patagonia and North Face and K2 and Black Diamond and <clears throat> kind of like as like a like a tester almost, right? So Because we would fucking tear shit up. And we would say, hey, I need this. And it would just show up. We're like, oh, okay. Or they would send us something and be like, see if you can use this, see if you like this. So like, so, um, and you know, Lee and I were talking about this uh, the other day about how the like the the tactical or whatever you want to call it, this this industry is about twenty five or thirty years behind the outdoor industry, and in terms of fabric, in terms of construction materials. So like everyone listening to this has heard of Cry Precision, right? And they're kind of like the Gucci shit for tactical stuff. And even they, and fucking Justin's going to kill me, which whatever. But like even they are on, not even on par with like Arcteryx and Patagonia and North Face. Like shit that soccer moms wear to soccer games have more technology and innovation and better materials than dudes that are shooting terrorists in the face in fucking yeah. Syria. <laughs> so I'm like, and it does, it has never made fucking sense to no. me, which is why that industry, which is why the tactical and the military industry comes to that, comes to this other industry because that's where, I mean, that's where all the technology and all the innovation is in terms of material sciences and in terms of construction and manufacturing, because that's what they do. So yeah. And it was always odd to me to, to see that because like, even now, like I see like plate carriers and like what I just pick, like, for instance, like duty belts, like, and it, you know, it sounds like it's a completely like the easiest fucking thing in the world to make, right? It's a fucking belt with a pre-built buckle, right? From Austro Alpen or from whoever. And you would be shocked at the amount of shit that they'll, they'll find the cheapest Cordura they can and they'll slap a buckle on it and charge 90 bucks for it or whatever the fuck it is. So there is a lot that goes into like fabric. And I think the problem is from the tactical side or from the military side, we look at it as like t-shirts, right? Like cotton is cotton. Even though you got that fancy ass t-shirt on right now, it's super soft though, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So just like there's a huge difference in terms of materials for like clothing, there's a even vast bigger difference in performance and durability and whatever for the tactical side, even if it's just making backpacks or plate carriers or fucking dog harnesses or whatever. So it's a, it's a mission specific and, you know, and most of the outdoor companies don't, with the exception of Arcteryx and Patagonia, don't really give a shit about the military side because they don't, they don't care. So, I mean, so as an, from an end user's perspective, I remember, so we met, We've met before. I got some leashes and things like that. But what I really met, remember you, like kind of, and maybe I'm wrong, but from my perspective of you blowing up was starting to make harnesses. And your harnesses started getting, you know, noticed and used. And um, it's one of those deals whenever you post a picture of a dog in a harness on like my page or his page, 
always, what kind of harness is that? What is that harness? What is that harness? What is that harness? Can, where'd you get that? Where'd you get that? That type of thing. Like people can't Google some shit and yeah. look it up. But it, did, was there something else that blew up first or am I catching you later? Was that when it started? Kind no, of? Well, so, I mean, things kind of progressed rapidly in terms of product innovations. And that was kind of the thing that originally set us apart. So, up until we started, I say we, it was just me at the time, so mm-hmm. we makes me found, sound mm-hmm. like I had more people than just me in the basement. Um, but when I was making gear, I mean, I was sewing in between shifts as a full-time LEO for five years while I built this thing out. Um, the thing that kind of separated us out was being able to take my understanding and head for design and the ability to process out any bullshit from feedback from actual handlers. So just because you know what the problem is doesn't mean you know the solution to mm-hmm. it. And so I would hear the problem, and because I'm weird in the way that I see things, I'd be able to fabricate a solution that worked better than anything that you could have described to me would have worked. Mm -hmm. And so it just progressed pretty fast because I would show them something. They'd be like, oh, my God, that's so great. Well, I have this problem, and nothing is solving it. And so I would make them a piece of equipment that solved that problem. If there was ever something that I thought somebody else was making better, I would always recommend them, which is why... I can say it's on here because they're a sponsor. Uh, like I'm in great standing with Ray Allen because like we have a degree of mutual respect for each other as designers. So mm-hmm. me and Matt, um, I, he just slapped me in the inner thigh earlier before I yeah. came in here. So like we've got a weird friend of me relationship. Um, but like that's the kind of thing that set us apart in the beginning. And so it just played out. I think the harness is probably the biggest area of innovation because um, I mean, like Ted's saying, there really was, um, I don't want to say there was no innovation before we started doing things, but really... It was just the big companies that existed, and there seemed to be a little bit of um, uh, of laziness, if I could say that. It sounds mm-hmm. harsh, but on the design side, because dogs don't give good feedback. So right. the dog's meant to take a beating. And so, I mean, a handler can pick up on things, but still, even then, uh, the dog's not going to complain about a shitty fitting harness like you would if I put it on you. Right. right? You're going to complain because your nipple's going to start chafing or something, you know, right? So the dog's not going to give that feedback. So it takes somebody that has the understanding of the anatomy of the dog and the way that the handler interacts with it. And then an understanding, having been a police officer in the environment that the dog's going to be in, to know what the environment around it is going to do to it. Because you can make a great product. It's going to be phenomenal. It's going to look great in the showroom floor. But then you take it in to put it in a scenario where, you know, shit's covered with bile and blood and you're in the middle of a sewer pipe. Like, how's that going to work? Right? So things Mm. get caught, hung up. You know, you're not able to grab things, manipulate things. You're supposed to be able to manipulate with your hands. Gross motor skills kind of, you know, devolve and you're in trouble. So I'm making gear for that end purpose. Um, And that's my demographic. And so we have had people that like him for pet stuff, but like... It's made for LEOs. And so like the harness um, that we took, you know, there's a lot of them that had an H strap, goes across the chest, ends up just choking the dog out. Um, It doesn't work with the dog um, anatomically. So we put that Y yoke in, put a little pad um, in there and um, oriented things so that um, our tracking harness is the first harness we actually made. Uh, But it has that rear strap and it works with the dog's uh, skeleton. So it goes around it. So if you have it properly fitted, the structure of the dog's actual skeleton is going to give the structure and support to the harness. I'm just enhancing that and allowing you to connect the dots um, as a handler. But I'm not going so far that I'm making it overcomplicated so that it's got all these bells and whistles on it that you're never going to need to use. Yeah. All right. We love the Perkinsons down in uh, North Carolina at Highland Canine Training. They are great people, great trainers. They got a good business model. They're awesome folks. We've been with them for a long time. Uh, They're also super smart and they understand that a lot of agencies are struggling to have manpower. So they're not sending people away for training. You guys have been there, you know, you put in, denied lack of manpower. So they've created an online course 
section of their website, tacticalpolicecaninetraining.com. You get on their undertraining, the online course. But here's the best thing is they offer a supervisor, canine supervisor course, which we know a lot of uh, police canine supervisors don't get to go to training. They don't know as much as they should. Right here online, uh, the course discusses topics such as proper selection of dogs and handlers, proper deployment, effective allocation and utilization, as well as liability and the FLSA issues, which we know is where all the legal stuff comes from, interdepartmental. Uh, the course can be taken at your convenience and you will receive a certificate of completion at the end. Uh, they're offering an amazing discount, guys. 30% off using the discount code WDR30. It's a no-brainer. If you're a police supervisor and you guys have manpower issues and you can't go, get on tacticalpolicecaninetraining.com under the training tab. Get on that supervisor's course, man. I'm telling you, it's a smart decision. Another one of our favorite partnerships with the podcast here is the one and only Dogtra. The Dogtra guys have been producing some amazing tools in the dog training world for a long time. Everything from e-collars, GPS tracking, ball trainers. If it's electric and you use it with a dog, they've probably done it. They're the best. They are revolutionizing the way you communicate with the dog. I use it daily, whether I'm using pets. Uh, I use the 200C on most of our pets. Uh, most of my patrol guys will use a 1900 hands-free, 1900S hands-free. And then I use the ball popper pretty much daily with all of our detection dogs for imprinting on our box protocols. So hit them up at Dogtra Official on Instagram and Facebook. And then you've got Dogtra.com. And when you go there, if you use the discount code WDR10, they give you 10% off a single item over 200 bucks. So if you're looking at a 1900S or that Ball Popper Pro or one of those things, it'll knock a substantial chunk off there. So hit them up, doctor.com, WDR10. So everybody knows that Ted and I uh, not only train police dogs, we train pet dogs, right? We train dogs. So it's why our relationship with Ray Allen Manufacturing is so important. They've, these guys have been doing this so long. They knew and they understand that dogs are dogs and it's not just working dog people that need things for their dog and dog training. So you go to rayallen.com. They have everything dog related that you need. Anything that when it comes to dogs, pet dogs, your pet training dogs, police dogs, dogs you're training for other departments, anything you need, rayallen.com. Uh, they've got it. You can get on there. So if you're ordering stuff for police dogs and if you have a pet side, you can get it all in one, man. They ship it out. Got a nice big box full of a whole bunch of stuff. There's nothing better than getting a big box of dog training stuff in the mail. They also are great to us and they offer a discount code working dog radio, all capital letters, working dog radio for 10% off. Check them out. RayAllen.com. Great people. Ted and I use them every day. Super excited to have American Aluminum Accessories on board with us here at the podcast. These guys manufacture a wide variety of products from high quality cam locker toolboxes to an extensive line of products designed to meet the ever-changing needs of law, the law enforcement community. Around 1992, due to the demand for safe and secure transport for a local law enforcement agency's canine unit, they introduced the very first in-vehicle Easy Rider canine container. So it was basically what we now call just our inserts. They have continuously grown and expanded uh, the products, catering to the needs and the wants of their valued customers and high-profile clientele, and catering specifically to law enforcement. Over the years, as the needs have changed for law enforcement, they've evolved and expanded the products to include inmate transport systems, the canine training aids, which I use quite a bit of, canine inserts. Most of, every one of my guys has one of those things. And you know, you if you're not even have to be in law enforcement. I have several friends that are civilians that work 
lots of dogs that have the inserts put into their cars too. So if you got one that fits, you can do it. Uh, they also do contraband and animal control systems, just to name a few. So be sure to hit them up. The website is Easy Rider Online. So that's the letter E, the letter Z as in zebra, rideronline.com. If you're looking for them on Instagram and Facebook, it's American Aluminum Accessories. Feel free to hit them up there too. So our first and oldest sponsor that's been with us from the beginning is Arno out, out at ALM, uh, out there in, in Las Vegas area. Arno is a great dude. He makes great stuff for, for police work and sport work, suits, tugs. I'm telling you right now, his tugs are the best in the business. You can't get any better. Multiple colors. Uh, I, I buy boxes of them from him and give them out to everybody. Uh, I've got a bite suit from him. Love it. I've had it for a little over three years and it's holding up like a champ. Um, Ted's got a suit that he's had forever from ALM. Uh, we wouldn't go anywhere else, man. We love it. Arno is such a good dude. His uh, ALM canine equipment.com is the website. Get on there. He's got pre-made suits. He can do custom suits based on your measurements. Um, he's got stuff already, already made up. If you kind of get a kind of generic large size, maybe for everybody, the colors he has, man, is really cool. He can put a lot of stuff on those suits. Uh, check them out. ALM canine equipment.com and use the discount code WD radio for 10% off. You know, running a kennel is one of those things that I always worry about is cleanliness and safety of dogs. And it's, it seems like it's an ever changing issue being able to house dogs and move things around everything else. So the guys at horizon structure make this as easy as possible. Literally the only thing you have to do is have water and power hookups and they deliver it and you can put dogs in that day. And it comes built, comes on a trailer. They just drop it off. You plug it in, put dogs in it, and you're ready to rock. You keep them clean. You keep them safe. You keep them cool in the summer and warm in the wintertime. And it's completely custom. You can go complete, mild to wild. I've seen some that were stainless steel all the way from top to bottom on the inside. And then I've seen some for a, a bulldog breeder that you know had smaller gates because those things can't jump. So if you reach out to them, uh, they're sitting there waiting for you to call and help you through the custom design process. They have everything from two dog ones up to, uh, I want to say like 18 or 20. It's a lot of, you can put a lot of dogs, indoor, outdoor runs. So anything you've ever dreamed of, they've got it, or have done it or can do it. So they've taken all the guesswork out of building it. Everything is pre-done to your specifications and it's assembled, dropped off, boom, you're ready to rock. Things are amazing. Uh, Rigney has one. Uh, we've had him on the show a couple of times. Go check out his Instagram and you can see he's posted it up there before. Go look Horizon up at Horizon Structures, spelled out uh, on the internet. It's horizonstructures.com. And you're going to look for the link in there that says commercial dog kennels. Or give them a call, 888-447-4337. They'd love to talk to you and get you started on the way. Would you call this industry cutthroat or competitive? Uh, I would say that the inner circle is uh, competitive and the outer rung that I don't believe is even part of the conversation <laughs> would be uh, the cutthroat. Yeah. So, and I mean, we've seen so much of our same Ray Allen. We, we basically like, we'll call people out on stuff for each other. So if I see somebody copying Matt stuff and he'll do the same thing for me, like we call each other, text each other. Cause uh. it's everybody wants to try to copy this stuff, but nobody ends up um, being able to replicate it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I remember when the harness came out, that was a whole thing. People were trying to gank it, oh, gank yeah. your design and is, um, 
Is there a problem with foreign markets stealing? Has that happened to you? So um, there have been several like knockoff versions that look like ours, but there's nothing that's been close to what we make. Um, they just fall the, apart. I would well, say. and one of the one of the uh, unfortunate uh, and, and, and the materials things, are super expensive. Yeah, I was going to say. So, <laughs> yeah. like, if you tried to take our we, so yes, we have heard of people and got wind of people because it is a very small community um, that have been like, oh yeah, I was in the T and E room and saw your tracking harness and its components all laid out. But the shit's expensive and it's very complicated to make the way that we do it. We don't cut any corners, and we're, desi- we're designing the gear and manufacturing it to standards that exceed a single dog's use. So it's designed for departments to be able to have and to use for multiple lives, uh, multiple uh, service lives of multiple dogs. Um, so it's going to outlast a dog, and so it's designed that way for a purpose. So people say it's overbuilt, but it's not. It's designed for a specific application. And so, you know, you're going to buy once, cry once kind of a deal. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the people that have tried to copy it literally gave up. Uh, they've said that like I've had we've had further like drunken confessions of some of these folks and they've been like yeah I tried to I tried to copy your stuff but fuck that it's too hard <laughs> and like our sewers can't sew to the, to those standards yeah. so yeah because they're um, 13 year old kids in a warehouse so yes but, uh, 100%. I like that buy once cry once you know yeah, pay for good shit right yeah I yeah. like it yeah I like it well, I mean I have one of the fucking like what you got an OG one okay so you mean yeah can yeah. I tell you about this real quick because it's pretty funny <laughs> So I see a picture, and I'm like, I, I had to repost it because I couldn't help it. Uh, but I'm like, dude, that is literally, that is a vintage modern icon harness, one of Mod the first one. <laughs> ones that I did. Um, I was in my basement at the time, and all I had were the machines that I bought from my buddy in town who sews jeans. And so I would buy all of his used machines. He'd upgrade, and I'd buy his shitty stuff. So I'm sewing on Jukies, but like one of them was an old-school brother uh, bar tacker that was designed for belt loops. And to make it work, I had to lift the damn hood of this thing and change the gears to be able to tack a different pattern. So it was not programmable. You had to literally change gears like I'm in, under the hood of a car. Um, and then I'd have to do, I'd, I'd max it out and then double tack it. So that's one of my first, I mean, I don't even know how, how that's, that's old. Yeah, that's an old harness. And that motherfucker has seen hundreds of dogs. It's what I call the, and you can't see because we're not recording this because we're in a fucking closet. Mm-hmm. It, but like it's the, in quotation marks, kennel harness. And it goes on every fucking patrol dog that comes through there for back tie work, for tracking. And, I mean, that thing has seen hundreds of miles of tracking. Mm, it's and, seen some stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and I've loaned it out to handlers and stuff. And, like, so it's been, it's... That's fun. That's it's awesome. Been, it's been loved. <laughs> so one thing I like about your booth is um, you go through and look, and it's not just for police dogs. You got stuff for search and rescue and climbing and all that, and pet dogs. Yeah. Like you've now hit the whole gamut it's for dogs. It's yeah. not just all that stuff. Well, and that's like, so, you know, because the people that understood what we were doing, where we were really pushing the entire industry to move forward and start innovating, like like what you're talking about, where there was no innovation. Um, so now we're forcing people to, because we started making enough wakes that people noticed. Um, but what happened was you had a cult following then that understood us and got us uh, in the handler world. Well, then all of the protection dog folks and sporting dog folks have kind of followed suit because they're in these similar scenarios and want the tactical stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then pet owners now that have you know working line dogs that are also in the same thing. So everyone's attacked a cool look, and people would just buy our collars, like the rigid collars, for an example. They're fucking heavy duty. They're heavy duty because somebody's going to be having their shit bit mm-hmm. while this while this is on the on the dog. So you're going to protect yourself and people around you using this thing. So it's got to survive in those life and death scenarios, not for your pet. 
right. and so people would buy it and be like, hey, this thing's too heavy or it's so stiff. I'm like, yes, that's because it's designed specifically for that use. I like how your bed. company started out of self-preservation. I didn't, want, I didn't want the patrol dog that I work with to fucking bite me. Yeah, <laughs> literally. I'm like, I don't think I should be here. Yeah, I'm going to go yeah. back in my patrol yeah, car. I can hear the stitching coming out. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah. The creaking of the dry rotting right. snapping. Nah, but in, in real talk, though, like when we do the HRDs, like the first thing Eric and I and Ray always check when people come out and we do grip checks on day one, right? And the first thing I'm looking at is harnesses, like what they're made out of, where they came from. Right, make sure we don't have any fucking plastic buckles. Make sure I don't like. I'm I'm looking at like making looking and seeing what the leashes look like because the last thing I need is one of the motherfuckers breaking <laughs> when it's dark and we're running brown hole and I'm yeah. down. There, yeah, <laughs> nope, out. pass. Like and it's happened. <laughs> it's hard pass. Like, yeah, nope, I'm out. But I I mean it's the same thing when people come to this kennel and they show up with harnesses or they show up and I'm like yeah if we're gonna use this instead. And, you know, and I tell my handlers, like I say, I send them like links to modern icons and links to Ray Allen. I'm like, these are the acceptable harnesses and leashes to buy. Don't show up because yeah. you'll be working. Yeah, don't show up with something from fucking Amazon. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Harness is misspelled on it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Whatever. Right. Right. So why is it in, in I don't uh, hieroglyphics? It's in Mandarin. Yeah. 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 Like, is that mean like, something? It says made yeah. in China. All the words are upside down. <laughs> um, so... Let's talk about where. how can people order. If they want to order shit from you, where do they yeah, go? Yeah, so uh, modernicon.us, because even our website is hosted in the United States. Um, and then Modern Icon K9 uh, for Instagram is the best way to get a Letter K number nine. Yep, sorry. Right. Yeah, important to say because they can't yeah, see that. Modern K9 and uh, yep. modernicon.us. Yep. Cool, good. Well, Lee, thanks for coming on. Yeah, man. thank you guys for having me. Thanks for pumping out some good shit. Yeah, hey, buy lunch, try once. I'm That's gonna right. use it. Right. That. I don't know you when. Even, <laughs> you need to make a fucking pass. When I'm that. selling dogs, <laughs> when I'm selling dogs to an agency and they're bitching about the price, <laughs> like, bitch, this is a good dog. That's right. Buy once, cry once. Hell yeah. <laughs> Trademark. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll be thanks, back in a little bit. You got your reasons. I got my wants. Still got that feeling, but I'm too old to die young. Working Dog Radio was graciously granted permission to use this music by Brother Deeg. Be sure to check him out at brotherdeeg.blogspot.com. That's spelled brother, D-E-G-E, dot blogspot.com. Be sure to buy him a beer at Amazon, iTunes, or CD Baby, or anywhere you stream your music. Working Dog Radio was edited and co-produced by Alicia Brandt.